you know, there's a lot of stuff that the presidents did that was before our time, before we were alive, Jamie and I, um, that we didn't know happened. We were not taught that in school. And maybe there's a reason for that. You know, I, it's, it's hard to believe that all of these things happened and, and that people were essentially brainwashed into thinking that it was fine. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Med staff with your hosts, Jamie Zerlingo and Nina Granger. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. Guys, it's been a tough week. Um, it's been a tough year. It is only June, and this year has felt so long and hard and just scary and unpredictable. And uh, this week is no different. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen, if you've been on social media, you know what's going on. Um, protests, riots, um, and just senseless violence. Um, it's, it's a scary time. And um, we know that some of you guys are out there in some of the more hot spots for some of the, uh, the rioting. And um, we, we are here for you. Um, and just given everything going on, um, Nina and I were going to review um, a film called How to Build a Girl, which is available on Apple TV for rent. I actually did watch that and it is an adorable film, but but halfway through this week, I just felt that it was really important for us to review something uh, more poignant to what's going on. Um, and I asked around, I asked a lot of different people um, what's something that I could watch to educate myself on, um, you know, similar concepts to what's going on. And a lot of people recommended 13th, which is a documentary that is available on Netflix. Um, it was released in 2016. Um, and uh, you guys, it's a heavy one. Um, if you've never seen this documentary, I'm just going to warn you, it is very emotional. It can be a little triggering, um, but it's extremely important. I asked Nina, I think maybe on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, if she would be okay with changing our topic. And she said, yes, we watched it and we have a lot of thoughts. Um, but I really just kind of want to go through you know, what is discussed in the documentary. Um, and of course, just kind of talk about the themes before we get into any of that. I just do want to um, give a disclaimer that while this is Atlas now streaming in all of our reviews, these are our opinions. Um, they do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our place of work. So I again, just want to say that these are our opinions. Um, so uh, just take that as you will. Um, again, this documentary is called 13th. It was released on October 7th of 2016. Um, and it was directed by Ava DuVernay, who um, actually has directed quite a bit. She um, directed Selma, uh, the 2014 film. She uh, directed um, A Wrinkle in Time as well. She directed an episode of Scandal and um, the television series um, When They See Us as well. Um, and she was a creator, which is awesome. Um, but the film is, I mean, it explores the intersection of race, justice, and mass incarceration in the United States. 
and it is titled 13th after the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution, um, adopted in 1865, which as we all know is what abolished slavery. However, there is a loophole in that amendment which um, gives the exception to that uh, abolition to um, anyone who has been convicted of a crime. And um, that's one thing that I noticed through this film, I'm sure you did too, Nina, is anytime somebody said the word criminal, it appeared in white letters, black background, every single time it was mentioned to kind of enforce that in you, criminal, 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 what is a criminal? What is a criminal in the United States? What is a criminal to the police force, to the prison system? All these questions you will ask yourself as you watch this documentary, um, but uh, it received uh, tons of critical acclaim. It was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Documentary at the 89th Academy Awards, and it won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Documentary um, at the 69th Primetime Emmy Awards, which is um, amazing. And I think that's wonderful that it did receive that um, critical acclaim because it is very, very well done. Um, before we get into it, Nina, what would you think when I asked you to uh, review this one? I hadn't actually not even heard of it, which is pretty embarrassing because it's been out for so long. Um, I think I've talked about before on this podcast that I'm not a huge documentary person. Um, I don't know why. I've just never really been a huge documentary person. And I don't know. I just don't go out of my way to watch them. But um, so I'm guessing that's probably why I missed it in the past. But after reading what it was about, the little synopsis and watching the Netflix um, like video synopsis that they give, I felt that it was really, really important to what's going on right now. And I think that a lot of people would really benefit from watching this documentary, especially just now to have to have knowledge about what's going on and, and why um, the the facts that you learn throughout this this film are so important to America's history and to America's future. Absolutely. I agree 100 percent. I think um yeah, everyone needs to watch this. Um, it is so important. Um, there is that that timeless phrase, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. It is amazing how many times I watched this and I was like, hmm, seems really familiar. Um, it's 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 really emotional, but but let's get into it. So um the very first like 10 seconds of this documentary are starts with a quote from um, Barack Obama where he says the United States only houses or the United States is home to 5% of the world population. Keep that in mind, 5% of the total world population, but it hosts 25% of all incarcerated humans, which is insane. One in four people who are in prison are a resident of the United States. And if you factor in the fact that there are 7 billion people in the world, that's insane. It is insane. I had no idea to think that one in four people that are in prison are from the United States. It's just a crazy amount of people. It is. And it's a sobering fact too. And just to start off the documentary that way, it really lets you know where it's going. Um, so it starts off, it interviews tons of people. And what I really appreciated about this is it interviewed lots of um, uh, like professors and um, even like uh, uh, like congressmen, political leaders, um, both Democrats and Republicans. So I really appreciated that they did kind of take into factor both sides of the political scale, which is extremely important the further into this documentary that you get that they did do that. Um, but it starts talking off about you know, the 13th Amendment, which as um, we stated in the beginning, which uh, made slavery un 
constitutional unless you were a criminal. That's that little loophole there that allowed uh, what we see today to um, to thrive. Um, it's what America used to incarcerate African Americans and to um, help rebuild the economy. The, the South, of course, suffered greatly um, after uh, the Civil War, and so they needed a way to rebuild their economy. How are they going to do that? They need people to work, um, so they were able to um, basically have slaves without having slaves. Um, and they talk a lot about the film Birth of a Nation, um, which uh, I believe came out in the early 1900s, was revered as the greatest film of all time, but it is so incredibly racist. Um, and it pretty much like rewrote history to make the South look great. And, and I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, but um, it also painted Klansmen as heroic. I mean, there is a, a, a white man in blackface who attempts to rape a woman. She jumps off a cliff um, to avoid being raped. They um, capture and murder him and they make the Klansmen look like heroes and it's disgusting. And um, um, they, they say that it was almost directly responsible for the rebirth of the KKK. And um, from there, this is where all of the lynchings began. Um, it tells the story of the murder of Emmett Till um, and um, just shows some really um, graphic photos of lynchings and, um, it, you know, somewhere along the line and towards the mid 20th century, it became not so great to publicly murder African-Americans. So they had to find a new way um, to kind of instill their their opinions. Um, and so that's when the Jim Crow laws came about, segregation, making African-Americans legally second-class citizens. Um, then the documentary goes into the civil rights movement, um, and the media painted civil rights activists at this time as criminals. Again, criminal, criminal, criminal throughout the entire documentary. Um, deliberate, how they were deliberately breaking the law. Um, and I wrote this down. All of this sounds eerily familiar. No, all of the people who are currently protesting um, and rioting, I, I, I'll, I'll leave it rioting, just protesting specifically, are painted as, you know, oh, they shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be out doing these things. So again, sounds really familiar to what's going on right now. Um, and then the Civil Rights Act was um, written, actually, I believe it was six days after um, the uh, the riots after uh, Martin Luther King was uh, assassinated. And um, yeah, the Civil Rights was enacted in, or yeah, the um, Civil Rights Act was enacted in the 60s. But clearly it didn't stop there. Um, crime was increasing um, due to the baby boomer generation. And it just so happened during the Civil Rights Movement. So politicians were able to link the two, although of course they were not connected at all. Um, and then we get to um, the Nixon era who... Um, was all about law and order. He constantly used the term war on crime. We're against crime, which of course was um, code for what he really meant, which was um, pretty much everything that was against him at the time. Um, the anti-war movement, gay rights, and of course, um, uh, African-American rights, the Black Panther movement, all these things he was against. Um, very quickly, it turned to be the war on drugs and um, it became a crime issue, not a mental or a health issue. Drugs was inherently a crime issue. And they immediately started arresting people for small, petty offenses. 
And this part of the documentary I found to be extremely interesting um, was the Nixon administration had two enemies, the anti-war left and the African-American community. And he knew that if they were associated with drugs, hippies with pot and African-Americans with heroin, that they could disrupt those groups and get them arrested. And because you can't arrest them simply for being anti-war or for being African-American, he found a scapegoat. Um, and then throughout the documentary, they continually list numbers, which this just like blew my mind. Um, numbers of saying it in numbers makes it so much more impactful to think about the amount of people in the world, the amount of people in the United States, and then how this is impacted in that number. Absolutely. Um, it's, it starts off with the prison population in 1970, which was, um, about three, um, um, 350,000 people roughly. Um, by 1980, that jumped up to 500,000 people. By 1985, nearly 800, or not quite 800,000, um, 759,000 people. The prison population by 1990 was over 1 million people. And get this, by 2000, it was over 2 million. So in just 10 years, we doubled the amount of people in prison, incarcerated. That is insane to me. Absolutely insane. And um, it also listed as of um, in 2001, um, eight, 878,400 um, African-Americans were part of the prison population. And the prison population as of 2014 was 2,306,200 people. That's just, that's wild to me. I mean, I can't, you know, you really nailed it on the head. And, you know, when you said, it's funny, I actually almost called you Nikki. Oh no. <laughs> Not again. <Dang> rich. Build <laughs> that in me. Um it, it just it you really nailed it on the head when you said when you put it in the numbers, it really gives you a better picture. Two million people in prison. And it would uh, to also kind of compare it to the ongoing pandemic right now, over a hundred thousand people just in the United States have died of COVID nineteen. That's what, like twenty times the amount of people in prison? I, I, my math might be 100% wrong on that, but I mean, that's insane. That's insane. Just how quickly over the course of 30 years, that many people were incarcerated. It blows my mind. Um, quickly following the Nixon administration, we had the Reagan administration, which um, for Nixon, he had this like theoretical war on drugs. Reagan actually acted on the war on drugs. Um, with Nancy Reagan, they had, um, you know, the just say no. Um, to, to drugs. Um, and then during all of this um, came crack cocaine, um, which was cheaper than cocaine. It was easier to obtain. It took over poor communities. Um, but those who were arrested with um, crack received um, longer sentences and especially um, black offenders. It devastated African-American communities. And I thought this was so amazing. Um, Newt Gingrich was actually in this documentary and he even said like, we should have been trying these people for the same amount of time for both cocaine and for crack because it's basically the same thing, but we were, they were treated differently based on what populations had what. Well, and it's so crazy too because they showed some clips like from the media at that time and, and even the media was, you know, twisting the words about the difference between crack cocaine and, and other drugs and, and it was just so media driven to get the rest of the population on board with being okay with sending people to prison longer for basically the same crime. Exactly. And, um, another thing they talk about a little bit, um, 
which is important in the documentary is the Southern strategy, which was um, what Nixon started uh, utilizing, which was getting Southern voters to vote red by emphasizing law and order, crime, cutting taxes, practices that hurt black communities. So they found a way to, without saying it in so many racist terms, to um, get people to associate certain things with certain groups of people. Um, the media continually showed black men as criminals more than they actually were. Um, one of the people interviewed for this documentary said that um, it was um, an overabundance of the amount of um, black men that were actually criminals, like they were overhyped um, as criminals more so than they actually were. Um, and it was creating a context where people were afraid. It was so effective that it actually caused black communities to fall for it too. They were afraid of themselves, which- I could not- it was like so hurtful to see that it was like literally turning black people against their own children. In insane. Um, yeah. Talking about what was it? Um, uh, like what was, the, what was the term they used? Like super, super criminal or super, I forget what it was. Um, but seriously, yeah, your, your own children um, being, you know, afraid for them and wanting them to be imprisoned and wanting them to be arrested is, is just so awful. Um, it talks about our George H.W. Bush and how he won um, for his stance on um, Willie Horton, who um, actually, um, Dukakis was actually what, like, doubling him in the polls until this whole Willie Horton agenda came about. This, this black man who uh, raped, a, did he rape and murder a woman? Um, they used that whole thing against him, um, reminding people of um, a primitive belief that all black men are rapists and that you know bush was the savior that was going to come and save them from that kind of crime um and, and it showed some of those clips again from birth of a nation and i'm um, just connecting that you know nearly a hundred years later how these practices and these beliefs are still instilled in the minds of americans it's it's you you think it's so frustrating and i don't know how to say this without getting you know uh unprofessional, I guess. Um, it's amazing how people say that racism doesn't still exist. It is still very much ingrained to our society without even realizing it. And these biases that we have and these beliefs that we have just so deep down, no matter how woke you are, knowing the system is built on these beliefs from hundreds of years ago, this documentary really brings those to light and it makes you see just how I guess in the dark we are about certain things like watching this documentary. I was like, I didn't know any of these things. Like, why didn't I learn about this? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I know for sure. I did not learn about, especially, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that the presidents did that was before our time, before we were alive, Jamie and I, um, that we didn't know happened. We were not taught that in school and maybe there's a reason for that. You know, I, it's, it's hard to believe that all of these things happened and, and that people were essentially brainwashed into thinking that it was fine. Mm -hmm. And, um, it kind of just completely like washing over history and making it seem like, oh, things weren't that bad. Like it's, I remember being in school and, you know, very briefly learning about the civil rights uh, era, but never really in, to this extent. And when it really puts it down in numbers and in images and in videos and seeing how, you know, the presidents and how politicians talked about, about African-Americans, when it puts it all together, it really makes you see how much you may have missed um, or just didn't know at all. 
by the time we get to the 90s, um, Democrats realized that they needed to become more centrist. They kept losing, and they were losing because they weren't strong enough on crime. Again, crime, criminal, continuously throughout this documentary. Um, so even Bill Clinton, um, who, who won um, in, um, was it uh, 1990 when he won? Uh, no, it was 92, sorry. Um, um, even when, when Bill Clinton won his, um, his first election, um, he had to go that way too. And um, there were certain laws that he helped enact that um, really just made things way, way, way worse. Um, so the three strikes law, the truth in sentencing law, meaning that you know when people put these people in prison that they're going to serve their entire time, this three strikes was um, three violent crimes and you're in there for life. And then the worst of them all was the Federal Crime Bill of 1994, which was responsible for a massive expansion of the prison system and allowed police officers to do what we now believe to be abuse of power. Because of this law, a lot of these practices that we see today where we say this can't be right, how is this, how is this okay, how is this legal, is because of this law. And Clinton has actually since admitted that he helped make things worse, which is refreshing a little bit, I guess, that he did make mm -hmm. that, you know, hey... I was in the wrong. I didn't help. Um, but I thought it was, I think that he, I don't know that necessarily he had perfectly good intentions, but I don't, I mean, from him talking now and saying how negatively things turned out because of that law, I think he didn't realize how bad it was going to get. Like maybe his intentions weren't super pure to begin with, but I don't think that he thought it would get to be this bad. Yeah. Again, I, um, I didn't, you know, I was a, an infant or a toddler at this time. So I clearly didn't know what was going on, but again, looking back at it, um, it's, it's, it's very sobering. Um, they, they also talk about Fred Hampton, who was, I'm the leader of the Chicago black Panthers, how he was killed by the police. And um, this is something that I'm hearing today too, with what's going on with, with the current movement. Um, all the leaders of the movement have either been um, imprisoned, killed, or deemed as, uh, you know, enemies of the state. So what else are we supposed to do when all these leaders are being taken down or taken out, essentially? Things like this are going to happen because they don't have anyone to lean on. They don't have anyone to help create a positive message because they keep getting killed or imprisoned. Um, one of the interviewees was actually Angela Davis, who I didn't know anything about her. And I loved getting to hear from her from today and some of her interviews from, um, from the seventies, how she showed up to court with her Afro and she did, you know, the, you know, the, the fist and, um, how she d wasn't afraid to, to take them down. And she walked away a free woman and it's amazing. Um, but she was considered a, a fugitive for just standing up for, for her rights, which is insane. Um, and then of course it brings it to, um, to present day in the current Black Lives Matter movement. They talk about Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman, um, who, um, was found not guilty, as we all know, um, because of the stand your ground law in Florida. And that is, um, that murder was actually what kind of ignited the Black Lives Matter movement that we see today. And also talked a lot about um, ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, which is a private club of politicians and corporations that get to propose laws, which were um, responsible for the stand your ground law. Um, didn't know about any of this. I didn't know about any of this stuff either. No. Nope. So learn, definitely learn something while watching this. Um, let's see. Um, and then the, uh, the CCA became a leader in private prisons, um, basically making money off of, um, of 
of imprisonment, a multi-million dollar company. And then the policy SB 1070 that um, allows police to stop anyone who looks like an immigrant. Um, the same rhetoric that we saw in the 60s and the 70s during the war on drugs is now being used on immigrants and how some of the, uh, hate to say it, but some of the um, verbiage from our own President Trump about how they're rapists and murderers sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds very, very eerily familiar. Towards the end of the documentary, they do talk about um, a couple of other things, um, just all these businesses that are making money off of prisoners, food and labor. And when watching it, it reminded me a lot of Orange is the New Black. Um, Nina, did you watch that show? I did. I loved it. Me too. And there was so much mirrored in that show about um, once once the prison became a for-profit prison, what happened, the overpopulation, the treatment of the prisoners. Um, I think in the last two seasons when um, all of the uh, Hispanic um, prisoners were moved to a detention center and um, one of the interviewees in this documentary said, you can call it a detention center, but just it is what it is. It is a prison. It is mm-hmm. a prison for immigrants. And that's exactly what it is. Um, and all of these businesses that make money off of it, it's just, how can you, how can you sleep at night knowing that you're making money off of the imprisonment and punishment of other people? I just, that's disgusting. It's, it's funny too, because it's like, it baffles us. And we're like, how did we let these things happen? How did, how did people have slaves? How did people do these things? And it's, you, you may sit there and think it, how did we get into this point? Or how did we ever allow these things to happen? Because this is how this country's always been, unfortunately. And we're so, there's, there's this quote that I see all the time, especially now during these protests, that racism is so deeply ingrained in our, in our country that when you stand against it, people think you're standing against the country. And it just when you, when you put it into those terms, it really, really, really um, makes you look at yourself in the mirror, no matter where you stand, just kind of how you benefit from it. Um, or how you play into it without even realizing. The documentary also talks about the American Bail Coalition, which is a part of ALEC. Now they um, are pushing for GPS systems into our own homes. Um, so you can even be a prisoner in your own home, like a, like a house arrest system. Less people in prison, but um, they're still imprisoned in one way or another. Um, there's also a whole section about how... Um, these people that are being arrested are being urged to do plea deals because you're more likely to get less time to just take a plea deal, even if you didn't do it, um, in whatever the crime is, because uh, they make it so hard for you if you want a trial. There is also a whole section in the documentary talking about um, Khalif Browder, who I didn't know, but he was arrested um, for allegedly stealing a backpack and um, he wanted a trial. And he waited three years, two of those in solitary confinement, because being in jail does something to a person. Being in prison does something. Being in solitary confinement does something to a person's mentality. He eventually um, walked free, but he took his own life in 2015. And he had said, they um, showed a part of an interview where he had said, if I had just taken the plea deal, no one would be talking about this. No one would be talking about these things that are going on. Um and they so, talk so much about how how lawyers and prosecutors try to get you to take plea deals even for something that you haven't done just because it is frowned upon to not take 
the plea deal and then the judge already has this preconceived notion about you if you don't take the plea deal and you want to defend yourself because you are not guilty for something then they already know that and your sentence is going to be worse basically if you do end up getting sentenced it's just insane it's it's disgusting they push it like yeah you may not have done it but if you take the plea deal you could get three years if you try to defend yourself you could get 30 so it's up to you what you want to do like imagine being given that ultimatum like either admit to something you know to be untrue about you still go to prison or you could try to defend yourself and defend your innocence and go to prison for 10 times that amount of time right disgusting it's absolutely disgusting and that story broke my heart and especially broke my heart because i didn't know who this guy was and i didn't either and why why don't we know about these things why don't we know about these people and what they what they witness and what they what they live through in this prison system that is is made to not rehabilitate it's not meant to uh, make you a better person or make you you know see what you've done wrong people leave prison not in a good place all the time. Um, and they make it so much harder for you once you're out of prison. If you're a felon, you can't vote ever again. They make it hard for you to get a job. They make it hard for you to get a loan, student loans. I mean, it, the system does not care about convicts. And once you're out, when you're in, it's like you don't exist. And once you're out, they don't even give you a chance. So in my eyes, what is the point of prison. It's not doing anything for anybody, but making some people money and the people that actually have to go through with it and come out. Thankfully, um, a lot of these interviewees were people who were previous inmates that went on to um, be advocates and activists. And thankfully, it, it this the case of um, Khalif is not the same as everyone, um, but it still happens to people. Um, and I just realized that, yeah, Khalif was a year younger than me and just so sad, a life lost. Um, one thing that once it got towards the end of the documentary, like the last about 20 minutes is when it really, really, really started to hit me. They showed a bunch of clips um, from different um, rallies of, of Trump when he was um, campaigning in 2016, spliced with clips from civil rights movements. Um, talking about how in the good old days, you know, a protester, you could just throw them out and showing these clips of, of African-Americans being pushed around during the civil rights movement. It brought me to tears. It just, it was so hard for me to watch. And it showed again, clips of all of these um, innocent people who have been unarmed people who have been murdered just in the past, what, like 10 years, um, countless clips and uh, an audio clips all with the permission of the families of, of those who have, uh, who, who are deceased. That really got me to, that brought me to tears it was really hard to watch those because again, we remember seeing them, um, like Eric Garner, Mike Brown, um, uh, all of these people who've been killed. We saw it when it happened, but when you put them all next to each other, just boom, 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 all of these people who've been murdered, it really, really hits you in a different way. Um, it's like a very impactful way for them to put this in the film, just the way that they showed it visually for you to look at a screen rolling by of all of these names of all of these people with the dates that they died. And, and it's just horrifying to see it in that, in that way. It was. And, and it, again, you know, when, when people say, say their name, they, they say that for a reason to be remembered because this happens so often it feels like we've become numb to it 
because it happens so often that it's just, oh, just another unarmed black person being killed, which of course we shouldn't have that kind of apathy towards it, but it happens so often that it becomes that way that some of these people just, you know, pass by on the media and then, you know, the next thing comes and um, the documentary ends with um, a couple of different statistics. Um, lifetime likelihood of imprisonment for white men is one in 17. For black men, it is one in three. And um, for, um, again, with black men, they hold 6.5% of the population, but 40.2% of the prison population. Insane. When it comes to politics, it's no wonder that African Americans are so underrepresented in voter polls when you think of how many, when you say one in three could be incarcerated and then they lose their ability to vote in this country. Mm -hmm. It's so sad. It's like, well, no no wonder. No wonder they're misrepresented. Absolutely. And then um, the documentary ends with, with the notion um, that I had stated earlier that um, people wonder why people tolerated slavery while they, why they tolerated segregation and thinking, oh, if I lived in those times, I never would have tolerated it. Well, you're tolerating it whether you like it or not right now, just based on just the way our society is built. We are tolerating it. And that is why people are so angry. And that is why people are protesting. And that is why people unfortunately are also rioting and and burning things down. And I, I will never condone violence, but I also can understand or I can empathize with the anger. I can empathize with the frustration because this is hundreds and hundreds of years of nothing being done. The, uh, 13, the 13th amendment was, uh, in 1865. It is 2020. And just where we are now, are we really that better off? And I think about, <laughs> there's this, this video circulating of, of Trump during 20, the 2016 campaign saying to the African-American community, what do you have to lose? And it, 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 it's frustrating because, I mean, the, some of the statistics he, he gives off, it's, it's a system that has made it that way that has obviously not been fixed and people are still angry about it. And it's, I ended this documentary in a very uncomfortable place and it made me very unhappy and angry. And, um, I'm not saying that you should watch this documentary to become angry, but you should watch this documentary to, to educate yourself. And if you walk away upset, then it did what it was supposed to do. Absolutely. There's so many things in this documentary, like I said before, that we didn't learn in school. Like how did we not know about all of these things that happened and our, we didn't, if we did learn about it, we did not spend enough time talking about it. Um, and I wonder if any of that is in the curriculum today, but it's, it's just hard to, it's hard to think that there's just so much that is not necessarily public knowledge. I guess we could find it on the internet, but as far as public education knowledge that I think would really make a huge difference. Um, in our country, if people knew more about, and yet it just gets kind of breezed over in our American history. And then even talking about it today, there's so much, I mean, obviously there's racism so clearly everywhere. And for people to say that it's not in this country anymore is beyond ignorant. It's extremely- It's, it's offensive. It is. And as, as, as white people, especially as white women, 
um, you know, we will never, ever, ever understand what it is to be a, not only a black person, a black male, a black female, we will never understand. And, um, it, it, it makes me think too, when, especially what's going on now, I understand that it's everywhere. And I understand that it is on every social media feed on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. I understand that it can get overwhelming and it can take a toll on your mental health. I know that myself, sometimes I just need to just shut off for a bit because it, it makes me so angry and it makes me so sad. And I understand that sometimes we got to do what we got to do to, to help ourselves mentally. However, aren't we so lucky that we can just turn it off? We can just turn off the notifications. We can turn off our social media. We can turn off our phones, our computers, and just step away for a moment. Whereas people of color can't just step away from their skin. They can't just step away from their ethnicity or their race. We can step away from the news about it and we can, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to know about it. Okay. Well, we don't have to live it. And that in itself should make you realize where you stand and the privilege that you have. And, um, I just, I just kind of want to, um, kind of wrap things up, I guess, with, with saying that, um, you, we need to educate ourselves. I understand that there is a lot of anger out there saying, uh, you know, all lives matter. You know, I don't think that black lives don't matter, but all lives matter. I, I want you before you say that again, to think to yourself, that nobody is saying that all lives don't matter. But right now we are focused on the lives that aren't being represented, that aren't being taken care of. That is what matters. And all lives don't matter until black lives matter. And that is what this movement is about. And if you are at all confused about what this movement is about, this documentary 100% puts it into perspective. And I think that I learned a lot I, I really learned a lot watching this documentary. It made me feel, it made me realize how little I knew. And I consider myself to be somewhat of a person in the know. And I'm really trying to educate myself during this time and listen. I realized there was so much that I didn't know. And um, you, I feel, will too. Um, I, you, I feel, will too realize that there's a lot that you don't know. And thankfully, we'll never have to experience, but at least it puts it into numbers. It puts it into perspective and it really just makes you take a step back. Absolutely. I totally agree with all of that. And now is the time that we need to be not only educating ourselves, but banding together and protecting the lives of people that are in danger every day. And that's the point of all of, all of this that's going on. Obviously, yes, all lives matter. Nobody would ever say that they don't, but black lives matter because not only just because they you know they matter period end of story but right now black lives people of color their lives are in danger comparatively to the rest of us and we need to be protecting those people and making a stand and going out of our way to try to empathize and understand why this is happening how we got to this point what we need to do to fix it in the future Absolutely. Well, guys, um, I really think that we should just get into our review of this documentary. Um, I'm going to give it a solid five out of five. It is um, extremely educational. It is moving. It is powerful. It brought me to tears. And I cry a lot during movies, but you know those are all fictional. And I, I rarely cry during anything that's real. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, because it's real, it made it so much more 
uh, emotional for me. Um, and, and it made me want to continue to educate myself again, as, as a, as a white person, it made me want to watch more of these documentaries and more of these films and television shows and read more and listen more. And I'll tell you what, I know that all of this is uncomfortable. I know it's hard to watch. I know it makes you feel bad. And I know we just want to take a break from feeling bad because this year has been so hard. And I understand that and I sympathize with that. But it is also so, 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 so important for us to educate ourselves, to listen, to learn. How can we make this world a better place for our children and our children's children? How can we make this world better for everyone? It starts by educating yourself. And I think that this documentary is a great place to start because if you want to know the meaning behind Black Lives Matter and what's going on, this is a good this is a good place to start. It starts from the very beginning. So for me, five out of five, very educational, moving, powerful. Everyone needs to watch it. I hundred percent agree. Um, five out of five for me too. I felt that watching it and and like I said before, the visuals are so moving. Like just the way that they use the word criminal over and over and over. It's, it's so easy to see how, how people, I don't like this. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Just the word criminal and what it really means when they say that, I guess, just like how, how prevalent it is, I think. Yeah. Yeah, It's just, it's just so, I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to understand how, not not hard to understand how we got here because this is the proof. And that's what's important um, about educating ourselves because we need to use this as, as fuel to this fire of change. We need to use the facts of the of history to say, look at this, look at this proof. This is how this is how we got here. How are we gonna change it now? Using what we have gone through in the past, using all of the facts that we have here, the statistics, the statistics that we have here how are we going to make a difference that is positive change for this country, a positive change for black lives, people of color? Um, how are we going to move forward? Because I think right now we're, we're at this standstill of people are upset. Obviously they should be, they have hundreds of years of being upset and, and frustrated that things aren't changing for the better for people of color. And we're in the standstill of, okay, what do we do next? And, it starts by, like Jamie said, edu- educating ourselves, using that knowledge to move forward by not repeating the past. Exactly. Um, and again, I, I, I don't want to alienate anybody with this particular podcast. I, I just think it is so important to speak on it and um, from a perspective of wanting to educate and make things better. And if you guys watched any of our videos from earlier this week, we had a daily um, that is all just about being kind. Um, Rich has a great, great quote from Stanley from um, 1968 about how we can disagree. You know, we don't always have to agree on everything. We can dislike anyone. Um, That's just the way humans are, but we should never, ever um, dislike someone or discriminate anyone based on um, their race, where they come from, who they are inherently as a human being. And um, just that, that message is, is important to me. And um, I just kind of want to end things with that. Just be kind to each other, be kind to people different than you listen to their stories. um, And just try again, just just really pushing this, try to just educate yourself. If you do one thing this weekend, 
watch one of these documentaries. Um, I actually have um, a great list of other um, content for you guys to watch if you've already seen this or are looking for um, other things to watch. Um, when They See Us, which is available on Netflix. Just Mercy, which is available on Amazon Prime. The Skin We're In, which is available on CBC. Um, and um, if you're interested in reading, there's tons of books out there um, that you can um, find digitally. Um, Equal Justice Initiative, um, James Baldwin, How to Cool It. So you want to talk about race, algorithms of oppression, blood in my eye, if they come in the morning, I'm just some, which is actually by Angela Davis, um, who is in this documentary. Um, um, just again, just educate yourself um, and put yourself in the shoes of someone different than you. But above all, you guys just be kind to each other. There's so much nastiness in this world. Just be a good person and um, take care of each other. Um, be, you know, reach out to a friend. Um, do do what you can. Um, and again, you know, if you need a break, just a little break because we can't completely check out of what's going on. But if you need a little break, um, just you know reach out to a friend and just talk about it. Um, and you, you're always welcome to reach out to us. And I think it's important to note too, that even if you don't agree with what's going on right now, this documentary is just educational. It's good information for anybody to be aware of um, the, the statistics of what the prison system looks like. Um, a lot of stuff like Alec and how that contributes to the prison system. Um, all of those things what happened during each person's presidency is just good knowledge to have, especially with the upcoming election um, in November, to consider all of those things before making any final decisions about things. Um, it's just a good resource to start with, like Jamie said, of just being a more educated American citizen. Exactly. I mean, my husband will, my husband always tells me, that um, we need to understand our history if we want to um, to talk about it and to change it. Um, it makes him so mad when people argue politics but don't really know what they're talking about. Um, so again, education is so important. So, um, but again, you guys um, take care of yourselves out there. Um, to all of our healthcare professionals, thank you again for all you're doing during this time, especially because it kind of seems like we forgot about the pandemic for a minute. Um, so continue to take care of yourselves, continue to be safe. Um, and again, uh, just, just take care of uh, each other and educate yourself. Um, this was 13th. Again, it is available on Netflix. Give it a watch. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. If anything at all, you will learn something. Um, but uh, we will see you guys next week with something hopefully a little bit more lighthearted. Um, but until then, keep on streaming. Take care of yourselves. We love you. And we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming. <laughs>